Fairytale friends, it's me, your old pal Santa Claus. I heard that you've been very good this year, so I've asked my friends Tara and Ryan to record a very special episode just for you. So grab your hot cocoa and cozy up by the fire. It's time for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. <laughs> Hello, fairy tale friends, and welcome to another mini tale for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries today. We are doing 1966's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But before we start, Tara would like to lodge a complaint that with her headphones, she couldn't wear her Christmas earrings. Oh, that's true. I had Christmas Christmas tree tree earrings from Target. Yeah, and they hurt my ears. I just wanted to say that because I wanted to tell everybody how spirited you are. I try to be. (laughs) She put them on. She goes, these hurt. I have to take them off. It's kind of, (laughs) hmm, about it. But I'm sure as soon as we're done here, she'll put them back on and look just as lovely as ever. Oh, well, thank you. So... We we put up a little vote on our Facebook page. This was kind of our idea. I think at one point we we're going to do Rudolph. Um, yes, yeah, that's right. I but forgot about this one got the most votes. Uh, was Rudolph of, also on there? Rudolph, I think, was up there. Um, Nutcracker and the Four Realms was up there. Do you know anything about that movie? No, not we'll at all. We'll do that some year, but it is a very failed Disney live-action movie where they tried to, like, Lord of the Ringsify the Nutcracker story. Interesting. So we'll try that one year for a mini-tale. Uh, there was the, the Christmas Toy, which is a very interesting Jim Henson movie we should watch sometime. But what one? was 1966's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, one I'm sure all of our listeners have seen before. It's not readily available anywhere streaming, but I think if you turn on TBS this time of year, it'll pop up. Yes, we have the DVD. We have the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. So... What what are your memories of this one? I think I think this is a very short one, so we don't we're gonna have a lot to talk about the actual plot. But I think we should talk about because the Grinch this this is so ingrained in Christmas time. Yes. What are your memories of watching this? So or- I had the book, mm-hmm. even though I forgot it was based on the book <laughs> for a short second when we were watching it. Uh, and we should say the book was 1957. Mm-hmm. By uh, Theodore Giesel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. Which I don't think I ever knew his real name. Yes. And why why did he change his name? Do you know? I mean, just to have a fun... A fun name. Why, I mean, I his books are so like whimsical and nonsensical that maybe he felt he wanted to write them under a different pen name. I'd be curious right. of the history of that. Well, but. I mean, I know a little bit about him because he is my fraternity brother. He's oh. a sigup. Whoa. <laughs> I think I blew up. Yeah, you might want to do that again. Sigup. There you go. I'll play with it. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. Uh, can you can you say very cool like you actually? I was excited the first time I said it, so you can take out that very cool like yes. Uh, no, so yeah, I think my memories are the book and the TV special. I definitely mm-hmm. watched the TV special anytime it was on. I feel right. like I would sit down and watch it. Uh, you know, it's short enough. It's what, 23 minutes, something like that? Yes. So it's short enough that I feel like it captures attention for children both younger and older. Uh but yeah, I, you know, I don't have any like specific, you know, my memories are kind of foggy when I'm young, but well, I don't have any like specific moments in time that I can like specifically remember. I'll be honest, I don't have a specific memory either. This is just something that feels like it was 
you know, because it happened before us, I think it's something that was on TV a lot, even back it's in the era. something that's always yeah. been with us, yeah, I guess so I should say. Yeah, so it just kind of permeates the culture. Yeah, and the same with Dr. Seuss in general. I had a lot of his books. One of my mm-hmm. favorite is the Butter Battle book. We've talked about I this. O- I have it. I own it. Yeah, it's in I the other it. room. Uh, not a lot of people know about that one. So if you don't, I highly recommend going to a bookstore and just flipping through it. It's a, so funny. A very good anti-war message. Yeah, book. it's 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 very. It's, it's a but it's very funny he, as well. He wrote that I believe because he was he did a lot of propaganda, a lot of U.S. Oh, okay. propaganda in World War II, and I think that was his like turn on that a little bit. Mm. I'm not 100 percent sure. How do you know how old? Now I want to know more about him. He was born, I think, in like 1902. He was born like very early 1900s. I'm going to look it up. 1904. It's pretty close. Yes. And passed away in 1991. So that would have made him 87. Mm-hmm. Okay. His wife, I believe, is part of Kappa Sigma sorority because there are a lot of Kappa Sigma sorority secrets laced within this movie. Really? I don't know what any of them are. I did a wow. dive and I couldn't find any specifics, but apparently Kappa Sigmas are like, I think it's Kappa Sigma, I'll double check, but apparently he put a lot of secrets of his wife's sorority into this movie. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I would love any listeners who are a part of, uh, that's a sorority. Yes. And a part of that sorority, Ryan's going to double check that that's the right sorority. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you know any of those secrets that are in this film. Sigma Kappa, I had it backwards. I think Sigma Kappa, Kappa Sigma is a fraternity. So Sigma Kappa, sorry about that. That is interesting. Well, so I guess, yeah, I was just going to ask your memories, but you kind of said the same thing. Yeah, it's just, and it's interesting to think of because this is such, all of Dr. Seuss's stuff is so original. When we're watching this, he Mm -hmm. goes through like the list of instruments and it's all, oh, did you write some down? I didn't, I didn't, I should have. They're like Uh, bamwooslers and I can't even think of any past Yeah, I should have written them down. I just wrote that that was one of the things I really loved about this short is well, I don't know that it's a short it's TV special. Right. But what I loved about it was the creativity. And that comes directly out of Dr. Seuss's brain. But all the instruments, the way they decorate, like the different contraptions. They have like that plunger that hits the ceiling and then it kind of becomes the chandelier of Christmas decorations. Yes. Like there's so much creativity in every detail, which is I think why to me Dr. Seuss is so fascinating. I also with- think he's... His lore and his yeah, storytelling. And his and his, his visuals. The world and building. His, his. But I also think the way he does, speci- like his specific brand of lyricism and, and his writing is so specific but interesting. There's a certain line in here that I keyed in on this time where he talks about when the Grinch is, you know, spoiler alert. Literally, it's a spoiler alert because there's a note I have on IMDb that does the whole thing about... The Grinch's eyes are red, and then they turn blue when he gets the spirit of Christmas. Yes. And it's listed under, warning, spoilers, <laughs> which I'm like, I mean, I guess technically. Yeah, but. well, and in that scene, they do go back from being red and yellow to blue and white, and yes. then they stay blue and white once yes. he's down so, back in Whoville. So, spoilers, everybody. Uh, the Grinch f- discovers the spirit of Christmas. Sorry to ruin 1966's. Hey, man, people could live in a bubble like I did. You well, never I'll know. I'll put a spoiler warning. But anyway. <laughs> So when he picks it up, it says, the, he, he, the, the, the lyric is, he gained the strength of 10 Grinches plus two. Like, yes. to rhyme. And it's such a fun way of saying, like... 12. 12. Yeah. Like, just like, you know, the, the easy way to say 12 men and this 12, it's 10 Grinches plus two. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just the way he does things and the specific rhyming, like, 
and and meter is so good and and distinctly him. Well, and it's interesting that you said lyric because it has a music it has a very rhythmic quality mm-hmm. to it, right? You know, even though that part wasn't in a song, right? It's it's spoken, but I feel all of his because of the rhyming, because of the meter, it's so rhythmic. Right. You automatically put a rhythm and a melody to it when you even read it as a story. He sticks to it pretty tightly but the funny thing Mm -hmm. is is he will make up words to fill to fit it so it's kind of this combination of i have very strict rules but i also like am a a, a crazy creative Mm -hmm. now real quick going to the lyrics he wrote the lyrics to the the songs that came in these yes and i didn't know that i mean that totally makes sense but i i never really thought about that i guess got a couple other little since we're talking about the songs yeah that's fine so there's two i think two big songs near there's the the iconic you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes. And then Which there's... is what I didn't remember is that the whole song doesn't happen at once. Yes. It's like pieces of it as he's going through Whoville. And I really keyed in on that because when we listen to the song at Christmas time, you listen to it all the way through. Oh, yeah. So you don't really think about how it's paused. Well, and I will say I will say that listening to I like this way better because you listen to the song. It's kind of gets repetitive and I love the song. Yes. But having a break in between, like I think this is a fun song to remember a lyric. It's like how, how every time the 12 days of Christmas comes on, you're like, can we skip this one? Cause it does get so to be like, long. I love that song, but I can listen to it like once. <laughs> yeah. Christmas, and I'm like, thank you. Um, and I, I liked it better broken up here. Now, mm-hmm. before we get to some information on that song, Fahu Forays, is the other song that we're like, Fahu and they, they Oh, nice. Thank you. I did pretty good. I was you pretty did. impressed. I'm glad you called that uh, out. They also do a song in the beginning. That's it. That's they, they, it, It's twice. It's, it's, it, that's in the beginning when they're decorating? It's a different version. Maybe oh. there's another song at the beginning. You might be, you may be right. Yeah, I think there's a, it's a different a melody. A different song? Okay. Mm-hmm. So but there's three okay. songs. But Fahu Forays was written. He wrote it with this idea of wanting it to sound like, like Latin or like, oh, like yeah. that. And apparently people wrote in to the studio and said, could you please give us a translation (laughs) of the Latin? And it was like, it's nonsense words. That's really funny. Uh, Yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, again, with his world building, you know, when you think of um, traditional Christmas carols and some that are sung in Latin or in German, you know what I mean? Like having those roots in other languages I feel like that's kind of what he did with that song. Mm-hmm. That's like the roots yeah, yeah, yeah. of their language. Um, the other, I want to talk a little bit about Thurl Ravenscroft and the other song. Yes. Because Thurl Ravenscroft, we've talked about him a lot. He's we in the Haunted him. Mansion. He's uh, does head, He's on the Headless Horseman song. He does a lot of stuff. He's a bassy, bassy thing. Bassy, bassy thing. thing. He's, he's a bassy, more than bassy a thing. He's a person. <laughs> okay. Um, a fully realized all right. human this- being. Lay off me. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> so he um, he did not receive credit anywhere on this for singing the song. Yes, it just has the narrator's voice, which is... Boris Karloff. Who we'll, is the mummy. The, the mummy and Frankenstein. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we uh, So apparently Dr. Seuss went on a letter writing campaign to newspapers to advertise the fact that Thurl Ravenscroft had sung the song. I think he went back and re-recorded for the like record and stuff like mm. that. He's also like part of the general singing choir in here. He's the bass oh, part okay. of a lot of that, so he's in a lot of those so things. So does he get money then? If he wasn't credited, does he get money for the song or does he because he re-recorded it? So I think he re-recorded it, so he probably gets 
record. I don't know. Like, yeah. who knows? Like, the fact that I they know didn't, things were so different yeah, back then. Yeah, they're just not like it felt like credits were more of a suggestion, and now there's like entire guilds and 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 groups dedicated to making sure people get get the credit they deserve. Yes. Let's do we want to go through the actual story? Do we want to just throw out some more facts? Because I've got a handful of other facts. Yeah, well, I love I I jotted down notes kind of as we went through it. So I Mm -hmm. guess we'll kind of start with that. And some of them we've already talked about, but I wanted to get it from the perspective of what was going on with Disney to try to connect it back to our podcast. And so um, we had to look back because we've come a long way uh, in what year and what was coming out in Disney at that time. And it would have been Jungle Book and Sword in the Stone. So it's nestled in between those two, yeah. So if you want to just think animation-wise. Now, I know it's a TV special, so it's a little bit different when you think TV special animation versus, you know, a full featured animated film. But I thought it... For me, it put things in perspective into what was going on in the animation world at this time when this came out. Well, you also look at this, and I think as two people who are, <laughs> funny to say, students of animation at this point, or like mm. students of the history of animation. Yeah. I couldn't draw I couldn't draw a, a stick figure if you paid me. Yeah. But, well, I can draw Calvin and Hobbes. That's about it. Yes. Terry's <laughs> a pretty good little cartoonist. But um, I... Uh, I didn't mean to diminish you by calling you a little cartoonist. No, that's I mean, fine. Like, and I mean, just... I'm copying someone else's work. It's still not my I'm own impre- work. I'm still impressed. But that you're I'll have to put it up on the uh, listeners' tan- side side tangent here. But our Christmas decorations for outdoors is Calvin and Hobbes and the Snowmen. So that Tara has made herself. So we'll put pictures. Yeah, of that we'll up put places. pictures of those up. Um, this animation is distinctly cheaper looking than Disney, but I would say to the untrained eye, like there's not like. You're not like the, for the difference between it, it costs probably to make this versus exactly, yeah, the Sword in the Stone of the Jungle Book. Like, animation starting to get easier to make at a lower budget. Mm-hmm. This is when we're getting the Xerox stuff in Disney and they're trying to do stuff to stay in business. Yeah, well, the other question I had had Charlie Brown animated stuff come out yet? Is I don't that... know for sure, but I'm willing to bet. Yeah, if you could look that up because that kind of I think puts things in perspective as well. As to what else was happening. And the other thing we should mention is this was produced by the same producer of the Looney Tunes cartoons. And Chuck that was, Jones. yes, Chuck Jones. Charlie Brown Christmas is two years before this. Oh, okay. So, because I would say that that's comparable to this. Mm-hmm. With just from my memory, I haven't watched it this year. So, direct comparison, but I would say they would be similar styles. Would you agree with that? Um, well, I think it's. It, it, in Maybe so style isn't a, in so much as there. It's like I say the same amount of effort is being put in in both of them. It's a sixties, nineteen sixties television special, probably about the same length, yeah. based on someone else's property. They're and it similar. looks very yeah. hand. It looks like hand drawn to be as it was drawn Squiggly by the original artist dirty. Yeah, for yeah. the books well, or the cartoons. That's an interesting point. So Doctor Seuss was really against like cart animating a lot of his stuff. Well, so was Charles Schultz. Yeah, at first, wasn't he? Right. So I'm Ch- trying to remember. We did that episode forever ago. Chuck Jones convinced him. They did it. And 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 this wasn't like, this was kind of Dr. Seuss razzing Chuck Jones. Mm. He goes, I see why you wanted to do this. That doesn't look like my Grinch. That looks like you. Like, and like <laughs> they did like a, a like a comparison because he's like Chuck Jones kind of has rounder cheeks. Yeah. And if you look at the Grinch, he does look, he wouldn't confuse the two. I, I see. I if you look at them back, yeah, like, like side from by the side, book. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the Grinch has so permeated the culture at this point. Yes. Like, you see him in all different stuff. Why do you think he was on? I 
I'm going to just say to all the ladies out there, go get your checkups. But I was at my gynecologist's <laughs> office and the they decorate each door right. is a different character. And my office door was the Grinch. So like, just like <laughs> he literally is everywhere. That's funny. Um, but uh, why do you think we all gravitate towards this grump on Christmas? So I was right. I was writing about that and he's so likable. Like he's curmudgeon but he's very funny and I think he's very relatable because that's the other thing. I, I think at Christmas time, and I could go on a soapbox here. I'll try not to do too long of a chan- pull, tangent. Pull a small soapbox. Uh, but especially working with older adults, um, you see this a lot where staff, and they don't necessarily do it on purpose, and not just staff, family, everyone. Christmas is a happy time and you should be happy and you should have all these good feelings and Christmas should be amazing and make you feel this way or the holiday season, I should say, for those who don't celebrate Christmas. There are a lot of complicated feelings that come with this time of year. I think taking the pandemic out of it now with the pandemic even more so. Mm -hmm. But even without that, I think no matter your age, you know, with me, I'm working with older adults, but they may have lost a lot of the people they care about. There may be specific things that happened at the holidays that are difficult for someone mm-hmm. and then maybe not being with people they love or maybe they're not happy at the holidays and so to me I think he's also folks can identify with him because it's showing a character who's having a hard time at Christmas yeah. and I think a lot of us have a hard time at Christmas but not all of us talk about it not everybody I think more people talk about it now because the pandemic brought up a lot of those feelings last year when the country was under lockdown. Right, right, right. But I think, you know, it's not always talked about. Casey Musgraves, I love her Christmas album. She has a song, Christmas Always Makes Me Cry. And I I think it's such a beautiful song. And it's very somber. And it's very melancholy. And, you know, a lot of people think of Elvis's Blue Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. That's another one. But I do think there's a lot of complicated feelings around the holidays for multiple reasons, no matter your age because of your life experiences or because of what's going on in your life or what has happened. And so I think this one kind of shows both sides of that. Mm -hmm. It shows having a hard time with Christmas. Now he's a grump because he doesn't like the noise and he doesn't like the singing and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be left alone on his mountain with his sewing. Yeah, I know. He's a great, um, I was going to say seamstress, but would it be seamster? Yeah. I don't know what, uh, seamster person. Yes. But yeah, so for me, I think that's part of it. I think also he's hilarious. Seems Grinch. Yeah, I like that. Sorry. He's hilarious, right? He's so funny. And I think a lot of people gravitate towards him because of that. He's got this larger than life personality. And there are so many moments that I laughed and I know the story. I think a lot of us know the story. So he's got that to him. And you do... You do feel this sense of joy for him when he realizes what Christmas is all about, Mm -hmm. right? And I think people can relate to that too. Even when you have complicated feelings around the holidays, you might have a moment where you remember something that makes you smile, right? You Mm -hmm. may have many moments where you're crying and you're upset, but you may also have those moments. And to end my soapbox, what I would like to say, especially if it's older adults, but really anyone, if someone is crying when they hear a song at the holidays or they're upset or they're having a hard time, don't tell them to stop. Like, don't tell them don't cry or don't tell them 
you should be happy. Like, let them have that feeling. Like, that's something, again, I'm now going into my therapeutic mode, but, like, I just want to... Well, this is literally our our format. For yeah, I just, I just want to let listeners know, like, any feeling you have associated with the holidays is okay. Like, your feelings are your feelings, and they should be validated. So I think I just want to remind people of that, because I think at the holidays especially, there's a lot of pressure put on us to, you know, make it a good holiday or make sure everyone's happy or like making sure you're checking in with family. And again, it's such a complicated time, not only with everything with the pandemic, but in general, just all of these things that happen around the holidays that I think a lot of times we put this additional pressure on ourselves that we have to make it a perfect time of year. And so I just want to like, like give yourself grace and acknowledge that you're feeling the way you're supposed to feel like don't get on yourself for feeling any one way mm-hmm. so sorry i took it there <laughs> that's okay can i follow it up with kind of a silly little fact yeah did i go too deep no i don't think you did at all i okay. think that's a very important message to get out there um so the, this is a fact i'll just read it straight up because i think it's funny the grinch's green color was decided by director Chuck Jones's experience renting cars in the Washington Baltimore area which he claimed always turned out to be that exact shade. Oh, that's interesting. It's such a was... weird shade for a car. <laughs> uh so I wrote here to uh Christmas Eve decorating. And so I was curious what your traditions around the holidays were because I, this is another thing I do in my work is I ask a lot of my groups, you know, what were your traditions growing up around the holidays? So was your tree up before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, we had a real tree a lot growing up. Okay. So I think See, I don't think I knew that. It was a ways after Thanksgiving. I think once we, my mom switched to like fake trees, Artificial like, trees. never going back. Yeah. We, for Christmas Eve specifically, we opened one present. Okay. Um, and my parents would kind of steer us towards one. Because I, I know, I've heard families who like, the kids get to pick. And sometimes they, if, if you pick a crummy present for Christmas Eve, they're like, like, oh, this is socks. Like, there's nothing you can do about it, which I don't like. Yeah. I think some of it was they would steer me towards something to keep me busy because my mom would inevitably still be wrapping things. Oh, I think that's a lot of parents. Christmas I don't Eve. think she's alone in that. Uh, yeah, well, I was curious with that because there are a lot of traditions around the tree and, uh, I have read that there are, there were some traditions that follow the Grinch where Mm. the kids would go to sleep. Now in this, the kids were helping decorate, but children would go to sleep and then the tree would go up, the decorations would go up. And so when they would wake up on Christmas morning... Everything would be decorated. Nope, not in my house. Well, my house, for me, like, I want to help. <laughs> well, for me, I want to enjoy those decorations more than just those right, few right, days. Right. But I do remember because we also had a real tree for several Christmases that it did seem that we got it later than everybody gets it now. Now, again, the pandemic. I know a lot of people have put stuff up early the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give them that feeling. It made them feel good, so they put everything up early. But um. It does seem like we are putting up decorations and trees and things like that sooner than we did when we were younger. I don't know if you feel that way. I feel that way a oh, little bit. You know my feelings. On <laughs> I know. I probably shouldn't have opened this can of worms with you. Seven o'clock, Thanksgiving is when you can start doing. Uh, Christmas. You can put stuff up. 
but you can't turn on your lights. You can't. Yeah. I don't want to hear any Christmas music <laughs> because it's starting to leak into Halloween, folks, and I am not having it. Um, but yeah, it does. It does. Linda, feel that... it's the day after Thanksgiving, Halloween. <laughs> oh, the tree. <laughs> Why? Um, Why tree? I love that. The Bob's Burgers, where she kills two trees before, yes, before, before Christmas. Christmas. Um, I'm going to put this out there for you as something. I don't want a real tree. If we get a real tree, I would be willing to have a, a real tree outside. I would love like a small one. Yeah. Like they sell ones that you outside. can. Outside. 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 You don't want it inside. I I just, all of the stuff that comes with a real tree like outweighs the benefits to me. Mm. Like the benefits at the end of the day is, mmm, that smells good. And you have so many essential oils and diffusers. I think we could do that. We do. Yeah. Yes. That's without it. Do. That's the yeah. only thing I like about a real tree is the smell. Mm. That's it. I hate the sap. Yeah. I hate the dead. Well, and sometimes to... there's there's bugs or different things yeah. in it that you don't know till you, you get it in your house. Like I read it. someone spider eggs hatched or something Stop. in a tree. Stop. I can't. Just you, saying it happens. Is, your your chances of ever getting a real tree in this house have like plummeted. <laughs> so talking about trees, I also wanted to mention there's now something that I've I've noticed more and more, the Grinch tree that they sell. Oh. And it's tabletop. It's for your table and it's um I don't know the the type of tree it is, but it's a, a tabletop kind of in a pot and it's all wrapped up with red ribbon. So like when he closes it and it looks like an umbrella and it's bent to the side with like that one Christmas ball hanging, right. that's what it looks like. Oh. And so H-E-B was selling them, or that's our local grocery store here, was selling them for 25 bucks. Trader Joe's had them for under $10. So if you're looking to get one, find your nearest Trader Joe's because it was much cheaper. Uh, but I thought that that you were talking about it permeating the culture. So I kind of wanted to go back to that, that that has even it's even permeated it to that point where mm-hmm. people buy Grinch trees as a decoration for their home. Did you ever play the Grinch video game? No, I didn't know there was one, but now I want to. Uh, it is a platform stealth video game released in 2000. As the Grinch, the player can jump ground pound and use his smelly breath oh my to gosh. guide his way through various obstacles this is in the great. game. I, was just, I love it. I just thought that was interesting. So the, the other thing I mentioned too is they talk in the very beginning about his heart being so small. Mm-hmm. Three sizes too small as to why he doesn't care for oh. Christmas. And he does have a dog. And I know he doesn't, he's not the best pet owner. He's not very kind to Max. But he's still like lives with max like he so he has the capacity well that's to probably care. Why, that's probably why he's endearing and not just a monster yeah like they give him this dog they increase the dog's role from the book like yeah to make him kind of the audience and to make him likable mm-hmm. so that was something i wanted to say uh you were also said you were impressed with his sewing skills we've said that before yes. but like just that he had everything ready like what is he i guess well, he's he making used, his own clothes it looked like it was out of um well he's not wearing clothes when we see that's him that's funny because he has like a collar so i think when i was younger i thought he thought was, it was wearing, close but like, that's fur i think i mean he could be making clothes out of his own fur he sheds oh my gosh well <laughs> i guess he could be uh the other thing i wanted to mention is i really enjoyed the way he moved Throughout the whole thing, it when you rewatch it this year, or if you're watching it for the first time, I do think it's it would be interesting to just focus on that because the way his like neck protrudes out and he'll hunch his shoulders and the way he walks when he tiptoes in the houses, when he slinks as a snake around the tree, and then also when he goes 
to get the tree that's in the town square. It almost looks like he's on all fours, almost like a spider. Like he has a lot of really Mm -hmm. different ways of movement that I think add a lot to his character. I will say one point in favor of the Jim Carrey version is Jim Carrey like makes sense to cast because he does a lot of like gets real small and then gets real big and yeah. like arms out and he's like he's a very physical actor and I think that's what the Grinch needs but yeah. also some restraint. Yeah, we're not going to go into um we had strong feelings when we rewatched that God film last as my year. witness, I will never see that movie again. And one of the things I mentioned as we were watching this is I was like I don't understand. I guess I always thought that those the the makeup and the faces they did for the Who's in the 2000, I don't mm-hmm. know what year it was. In that um version with Jim Carrey, I thought it looked similar to the animation, but it does in my opinion it doesn't at all. I don't I don't know. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to okay, go down done. that. We're we're loving this TV again. special, yes. so let's just go back to that. Uh the other thing I really enjoyed was all of his facial expressions. And I think that's another oh, thing yeah, that yeah. makes him very endearing and very funny uh, is the way he's animated. And again, his movement, his facial expressions. So for me, that's some of my favorite parts of this his special. His slow like, slink into grins is always very mm-hmm. funny to me where it's this huge smile. Yeah. Let's real quick um, talk about Boris Karloff. Now, we sure. have recently, I think this year, watched The Mummy um, we, I have like the old monster movies and we'll watch a couple of them for yes. Halloween. And I love his performance in the mummy it's and that fantastic. one shot they keep doing of his face. Cause he looks so creepy with his eyes wide. And his voice in this is so good. He is both the narrator and the Grinch, which is interesting because I don't know if a lot of people would put that together because they do sound they take out different. They so apparently he recorded it all in one go. I just read. So and he did read. He'd read the narrator's lines and the Grinch's lines just straight through. He just read it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they took out the high end parts of his sound mechanically, or like you know, I guess mechanically because they didn't have digital back then. Mechanically, so that he had that kind of weird, different tinny voice. And he almost sounds a little echoey, and at times it does sound like it's pieced together because it sounds. Mm-hmm. So different. You only catch that once or twice, I think. For the most part, right. I think they've done a really good job with it. Um, I, I I think it's such cool casting. I never put it together. Like he, you know, the the whole Universal Monster guys had weird career issues because of like they were kind of stunt, not stuntmen, but like Boris Karloff. His first role was Frankenstein, which he's under all that makeup. Yeah, so nobody knows he who he is. Bit, yeah, he's, he's you know. It's all these people who are who are getting these roles for very specific reasons, so they're not necessarily getting huge roles outside of this. But I think he's such a good pick for like the the Grinch's voice and the narrator's voice. Yeah, it's I you know I I can't imagine it with anybody else. June Foray, the voice of Rocky, this flying squirrel who's been in a bunch of other Disney stuff. That's my point of reference. I remember, but she was in a bunch of other Disney stuff. She's Cindy Lou Who. Oh, okay. Who apparently I think had more lines originally, and they cut them out. I love how Cindy Lou Who moves too. I love how her her nightgown or her dress kind of goes down and she's like, it's so small at the bottom and she almost floats the way yeah, she moves. Well, she I looks like, like a movement. Christmas decoration. Almost. She does. Yeah. Like a, like an ornament you'd hang on a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I want to try roast beast. I don't know what that means. I was saying it looks like Turkey, but cuts like ham. Yes. Which sounds like the ad copy for <laughs> <laughs> looks like Turkey cuts, cuts like, like ham. ham roast beast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, um, I don't know what else we want to talk well, about. Is in this that, one. Talking about, you know, it permeating the culture, do you have, you know, I mentioned the Grinch tree. Is there anything that, you know, when it comes to merchandise or decorations, I also mentioned the decorations in my doctor's office, anything else that like <laughs> you've seen along the way? Well, his coloring is so good. Talking about how his green, like green's a perfect color for this guy because it is a Christmas color. Green and then he's time, wearing red it, when he's Santa. Yeah, it's a little outside the Christmas. So I feel mm-hmm. like you can wear a lot of Grinch stuff and it still feels Christmassy. Yeah, well, and I will say as far as decorating goes, a lot of people... Um, have that one cutout of the Grinch taking down the lights and yes, then they put the lights on the house. A fun thing. It's a fun thing that um, we've seen quite a bit. We go around and look at Christmas lights. You uh, didn't each like year. it because they featured it on our, our neighborhood Facebook page and you're like, he didn't make that. I made ours. <laughs> so, what I didn't care for was that there are two houses down from us and no one took a picture of our house, but they took a picture of their house. Our decorations may have blown down. That was our biggest problem the first two years is now we've they are reinforced. They are like <laughs> seven foot tall? They're not taller than me. Are they taller than me? What? They're at least six foot tall snowmen. I think the snowmen are as tall as me and then the, they're holding the... The, the signs, which makes it a little taller. Again, this is not a Calvin and Hobbes episode. It's but not, still. but I do love Calvin and Hobbes, obviously. Um, I... We have a picture downstairs of us with the dog that one time when we got a picture with Santa. And the oh, Grinch yes. is like sneaking into the background. Yeah. Have you seen those pictures? We'll have to post that one because it is funny. It looks like he's he's like coming yes. in to, to, to snatch up something. There's a video somewhere of these kids sitting like they're, they're going to get a pic- Christmas picture on like a bale of hay. or I don't know if I'm right or a log or something. And then the Grinch like comes out of the background like kind of to be like, I'm the Grinch. And the kids are like, ah. And like runs screaming, like I think it's kind of fun because he's a little scary. Like he's yeah, a little, like well, and the shadow that when he's the all the the kids have the candy canes and they're asleep all in that one bed, and you don't see him, but you see his shadow go across the bed. So there's yes. moments like that where I think he is kind of scary. Well, he's a sinister version of Santa. Like Santa sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, which is a like terrifying line if they put it in a minor key. Yeah, but. In this, it's like he's a version of – he's still safe. Like he's not like a complete like, you know, psycho killer or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he is like, I'm going to sneak in here. He does everything Santa does, but he has, does it with malicious intent. And I think that's another reason why this works is because the stakes are so low. He's just stealing Christmas decorations. Well, like, and then he steals light bulbs. So he does <laughs> – Yeah, I forgot. And he, ice. And ice. So he does start taking everything at yes. one point. He gets a little uh, – overexcited or <laughs> I also love the the amount of effort he puts in how he's going to get things into sacks. Yeah. Like he winds up all the toys so they march in. In which uh-huh. that case there's a one fish, two fish, three fish oh yes. Red fish, blue fish, fish mm-hmm. that goes in there. There's probably other stuff like that. Yeah. He he sets up the train so it goes in. Yeah. He like the way he, he plays pool with the ornaments, yes. but they go up the tree and then they all roll down. Mm-hmm. And there's when he's like swinging across. Like it's it's a cool scene. It's kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas, like going back and watching that when he's swinging around Christmas time just to look in the windows. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. It's just, it, it's fun. The, the You know, it's very short. I think it all holds up pretty well. I think some of the 1960s drawings are like real jagged edges and weird. He's kind of got Jafar teeth we talked about. So that might be scary for like really young kids. I will tell you the scene where like 
they're going and the and the sled stuck at the top and he like looks over the edge and it goes do 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 and they do like the obvious commercial break there mm-hmm. that for some reason like stuck to me when i was a kid is like a very like menacing scene well and also if there was a commercial you didn't you didn't see the resolve yes, yes. so it that looks could like be the, why he's like and yeah. during the commercial break he yeah you're wondering what's happening yeah yeah uh and then just another thing to mention it back to the culture is in home alone 2 uh there is that very famous and there's a million gifs of it now but that very famous scene where uh tim curry realizes that kevin McAllister's credit card is stolen and he does the (laughs) smile stolen yes it says stolen on the on the Whatever it is, the credit card machine, and then he does the smile, and then they—is it superimpose? It's it's a fade. It's like, a fade. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know what it was called, but yeah, they fade into the Grinch's smile, they do the which sa- is pretty brilliant. And then the first one, when they're when the wet bandits are robbing a place, they have like the Grinch song on in the background at one point, or that's it. it's this TV special, I think, yeah, is on it on the TV. Like, yeah, I think they're, they're they're very tied together. Again, this has become just like ingrained in the idea of christmas christmas is mm-hmm. the tree the star jesus and the grinch those are the four things i think of when i think of christmas i don't know um I, do we have anything else we want to say other than go check it out guys? i don't think so yeah put it on i gave me all the feels like i said we have the blu-ray so we do watch it every year that's why we bought it because we couldn't readily find it uh but it is you know, I do not get any money from Target, but I sure am there a lot. Uh, <laughs> but usually Target will have it uh, for pretty pretty cheap, pretty inexpensive. Yeah. So. so, yeah, guys, check it out. And don't be a Grinch to us. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell someone about our podcast so we can get the word out there. But uh, we will see you next week with another full episode. And that full episode, should we say it or should we hold it a secret? Uh, a teaser for the next uh, Christmas full episode. Uh, next full episode. That will only make sense to perhaps one of you. We will explain it next week, but go ahead, Tara. Mother, the goose, the goose. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Happy holidays, and we'll see you next time. Well, children, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Now, if you want to let Tara and Ryan know what you want next year for Christmas, you can send them an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com or call them on the very easy-to-remember hotline, 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. If you want to stay off the naughty list, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, podbean.com or wherever you hear it stay safe and be good everyone happy holidays to all and to all a good night ho 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 ho